You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious, that we all have medical issues, or we at least have a family member or close relation that had, has, or will have them in the future. Medicine and biological systems are the final frontier. Until we've conquered death, figured out how life began, cured cancer, and understood our purpose in the universe, there's a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to our health. Future Tech Health means I'll be covering futuristic topics that are actually already in clinical trials or even starting to appear on shelves or by prescription or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR-Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoy the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech and Future Tech Health podcast, and I have Jen Fish, uh, founder of Keto in the City. The website is also ketointhecity.com, and uh, unfortunately, I missed her in person, but Jen was speaking at the recent Metabolic Health Summit uh, in California, which was a great event, which she may talk about briefly. And uh, Jen, thanks for coming on the podcast. How are you doing? I'm great. Happy to be here. Yeah, excellent. Well, tell me your uh, your hero origin story of how you got involved with, with keto. Sure, yeah. I have myself been struggling with autoimmune disorders for the last, like, 20-plus years. I have psoriatic arthritis and psoriasis. And so um, it's been a long journey of finding different things that help. Um, and one of the things that I always looked to was what I was eating and um, sugar is super inflammatory. And so I kept doing research and throughout the years tried different things until three years ago, I found keto um, and have been doing it ever since um, just to try to help control my inflammation as best as possible. So that's kind of how I started. And then from there, it just turned into something much bigger than I thought it would be. What was the events that got you started on keto or was it just like, I've got to try something else. I've had enough. Well, I like 10 years ago or so I had gone to a doctor who recommended cutting out sugar. And so that was kind of like the initial foray into um, noticing that sugar had an impact on my inflammation. And then from there I did the Atkins way of eating for a while. And then I had kind of um, dropped off of that for a while and started trying some different things was gluten-free for a while and whatnot. But then, um, was having issues again. And so I was like, I liked Atkins, but um, I was always hungry with that high protein approach. And so I just kept kind of doing research. And that's how I found keto originally, that it was pretty similar in the principles of the low carb, but with the added healthy fats that I felt like was maybe kind of the answer for me not being kind of hangry the entire time um, that I was also trying to like help myself out. So um, so that's really how I started. Um, and I have a very long, arduous, like journey with medications and whatnot. And that's actually what I spoke about at the metabolic health summit was kind of that entire journey. And I have a post about it on my blog, but, um, but so really that's 
what got me going the last three years. And um, it's been a little bit of a um, trial and error, just figuring out like what balance of medication and lifestyle and whatnot. And there's always like ups and downs, but overall I've found it to be a really sustainable way of eating for me. So you said you did Atkins and you were hangry. Um, I noticed like when I started keto at first, I was like ravenously hungry. It took me a while mm -hmm. to settle in. So what was your experience with keto? Do you remember the days when you first started it and what it was like the first week? Yeah, I was totally like, I think everyone has that experience where in the beginning you eat a lot more than once you get fat adapted. So I always try to tell people that that's like super normal. And I also never really recommend like tracking all of your um, calories and whatnot in the beginning because your body will, like you said, settle in eventually. So um, just understanding what has carbs in it and what the sugar and whatnot, I think is most important in the beginning. Um, and just give yourself some time and your body some time um, to kind of figure out what's happening and learn how to like process this new way of eating. Um, but yeah, that's super, super normal. Um, and now when I feel like that, if I go back to feeling like super hungry during periods of time, I'm like, oh, well, that probably means that I'm not in ketosis right now. So um, it's, just an interesting way I think and one thing that keto has really done for me is allow me to learn how to listen to my body a lot more and and take cues from it that I might have like ignored otherwise um but it's like oh why am I so extra hungry right now and you know realizing that there's probably a reason um I think it's powerful once just once you're in tune with your own body well that's good you know that's, that's interesting you say that any other cues that you found that uh may not occur to people or people are having and they just, oh, I didn't know that. Well, I mean, I think one of the biggest benefits of keto that people probably will notice like pretty early on is just how much better you sleep um, when you're on keto. It allows you to really like have solid sleep because your body's not kind of like um, having all that sugar in its system to kind of disrupt that. So I think that's a huge indicator um and i think that's one of the most powerful benefits i know myself like i sleep really well when i sleep and now my struggle is that i just need to like sleep more <laughs> i need to like go to bed earlier and get more of that like great sleep but um i okay. think that's an awesome benefit do you find the same thing um yeah yeah one thing i found is that uh, i guess i'll fool myself sometimes i'll have uh you know i don't know i'll go to a movie and have popcorn I think, oh, you know, I'll recover by tomorrow, but it, it does affect my sleep best. I don't sleep well yeah. when I do that, so I try not to. So, yeah, I, I, I probably don't sleep as uh, maybe as well as you, even though I do sleep longer hours, but I definitely notice when I uh, screw up the sleep by not eating right. So sure. I'd agree. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. yeah, I think it makes a big difference. Um, but, yeah, I mean, everyone's a little bit different, but I love um, – for me, I noticed once I started um, – you know, I think it's just once you clean up your diet in general, you start to notice how things affect you. But, um, I mean, for me, nightshades can be a problem. Like, I can, um, if I eat too many, like, I can eat a tomato slice, like, on a hamburger or something, protein-style burger, of course. Um, but if I, I used to snack on, like, grape tomatoes, like, all the time. They were, like, one of my favorite things. And um, oh. now if I eat more than a couple slices of tomatoes, like, my 20 minutes, after eating them like my hands will just ache like and so really? um yeah and so I would have never really known like 
that a food was causing that inflammation before. Um, and so I just, I just think it's great that you can get to know your body a little bit better and not everyone's going to have that reaction. But if you're super sensitive to nightshades and if you have autoimmune disorders or whatever, then you're more likely to be sensitive to those things. And it's just nice to be able to kind of figure that out and get to know your body a little bit better. So what would be your, uh, you know, non-doctorly advice if you know someone does the keto diet maybe they have a condition or two they improve but maybe they don't improve a hundred percent you know do they do you suggest they take next steps to refine it like you did and you know see what's missing or you know what's your recommendation yeah i mean i think it's always a state of tweaking you know like if you look at keto as a or any kind of way of eating but we'll use keto. Um, if you look at it as a lifestyle or a way that you're going to eat for the rest of your life, there's always going to be changes like, or there should be like, if you're not feeling like your optimal self at one point. So it, whether it's like, well, maybe I should look at my dairy intake, or maybe I should look at nightshades, or maybe I'm, you know, whatever it might be, there might be times where you want to be a little bit more higher protein than you are at other times or whatever. I mean, there's lots of different ways to do it. I think, um, the trap that some people fall into is they feel like they have to follow all these rules and they have to understand their exact macros and they have to eat it to the gram and they have to, you know, all of these things where to me that just makes it more stressful and less of a lifestyle. Um, I do think it's helpful to like keep track of things when you're first starting because you just don't really know like what's in food until you get used to it. But overall, I think the biggest mistake some people make is just being so, so, so restrictive with themselves that it just can't be something that they do for the rest of their lives. So um, that's what I always tell people, you know, like understand that this could change. And just because you're eating exactly this way right now, doesn't mean that you can't tweak it in the future. Or if your body's not feeling a hundred percent, like try something different. But the other, other thing I always especially for people with autoimmune disorders like myself is I want to make very clear that um, keto is not, you know, a cure for my autoimmune disorders. Like I'm on, you know, heavy medication. I always have been, um, I have like joints that are destructing. So I have to be on medication and know like diet's going to fix that. Um, and so it's for me, a powerful, like, thing that accompanies uh, the medication that I'm on. And it's something that I feel like I have power over and that I can do for myself. Um, but it's certainly not the only answer for, um, for the conditions that I have. It's just a really, um, great complement to, um, the different medications that my doctors have prescribed for me. Well, how much better off do you feel if you, you know, just assigning a percentage now with the keto diet plus your meds versus just meds alone? Yeah, I think um, I could say um, in the first couple of years, it was hard because all my medications were working really well. And so it was like, hmm, I wonder if this is working. And then my medications stopped working. And that's something that happens fairly common with like the biologic type medications. Your body gets used to them and they stop working. And so about a year ago, that happened to me. And so for the last year, I've actually been like trying to find a combination of medicines that um, work and not successfully, not totally successfully so far. And so the fact that for the last year, I've been able to, you know, function in life and get out of bed and go to work and take care of my daughter and do all the things that I need to do. Um, there's been other times in my life where I can't get out of bed, I can't even get in my car or whatever. So um, oh, a percentage wise would be hard to pinpoint, but I know 
what it can be like. Um, and I've had probably the actually the busiest and most su successful year of my life in the last year. So, um, so I'm glad that I was able to be around for it and, uh, and into it and excited for it, but it definitely made a huge difference, um, in that way, you know, just as I'm, like I said, still searching for a medication combination that's going to work as well as the one I was on previously was when it was working. So, um, it's made a huge difference for me. Yeah, that's great. So tell me about yeah. keto in the city. What's, uh, what's the site about and what's the whole business about? Sure. Yeah. Well, so I guess a month into keto, I started an Instagram, uh, keto in the city, and I really just started it because I didn't think my friends wanted to see me posting food on my normal page. And so I was like, I kind of want an anonymous page where none of my friends knew about it or my coworkers or anything like that. And so I started that. And then after about a year of having that Instagram, I just kind of wanted a place where I could write longer recipes and um and so the blog started and then it just all started growing from there and then about a year maybe a year after that they reached out to me to write my first cookbook um uh, the, the easy five ingredient ketogenic diet cookbook and so it all just kind of like dominoed in a really awesome way and was totally unexpected um i have a full-time job i'm a creative director at um an advertising agency but um the keto stuff has been like huge passion project of mine and it's just kind of crazy um to see how it's grown and you know like I said it was just started as an anonymous page it was really it was never started as like a business or anything like that but um it's become a really cool part of my life and um on keto in the city I just try to share tips and I try to you know answer FAQs and share recipes of course um, and just give people all the information they need to start keto and then also just to continue on. And, and then, then I do share my autoimmune story on there as well, kind of in its entirety, which is a long, <laughs> a long story, but that's all on there as well. So, um, and I think okay. it's cool that a lot of people who maybe know me from Instagram, um, but different people find me on my website, whether it's from the books or from searching for autoimmune disorders and keto and things like that. So it's been a fun way to connect with a lot of different people who are interested in keto for a lot of different reasons. What kind of uh, feedback do you get that you respond to? Maybe stuff that strikes you as uh, surprising or, you know, um, things that a lot of people seem to have questions about? Yeah, I think um, I think the interesting part is just like how many people are looking for answers for so many different things um and so it's been great to get testimonials of people who have my cookbooks now um and who've lost a bunch of weight i got one from a guy last week who has already lost like 35 pounds this year just from um you know learning to cook through my cookbook and uh, switching to the keto lifestyle so i mean of course those are the best stories and then also just other people who um, have psoriatic arthritis or psoriasis like myself and, you know, just don't know anything about keto and want to start. And so I have some YouTube videos and different things on some of those topics that people connect with. And, you know, most of, I got psoriatic arthritis when I was 19 and I've never known another person, um, in real life who has psoriatic arthritis. And so it's just really nice. And I think a lot of people feel the same way. So it's just really nice to be able to talk to other people who have similar experiences. Mm, definitely. Do you have people that, um, I mean, it's not all success stories. Any, 
outliers or people that are struggling and they seem to be doing a lot of things right, but they need a nudge or two to fix them? Um, I think the biggest thing that is just people sticking with it. You know, I think there's a lot of people um, in general who have really like maybe unrealistic expectations of that this is going to like be a super quick fix um, or that they can kind of go in and out of doing keto and have the same kind of success. Um, So I think the, the hardest thing for me is, you know, you don't really know like what people are are eating on a daily basis um and then they try to ask they ask questions that it's just hard to give them an answer without the full picture but um i always try to just make sure people understand that you know a weekend two weeks in like you really shouldn't be stressing you should just try to get used to the keto lifestyle you should give it a couple months to really start feeling like full um, energy effects and the good sleep and really the benefits of being in ketosis and all the healing depending on what your body's going through and who you are and what issues you have like I feel like the body looks to heal itself um, before it might focus on something like losing weight you know like that's um, at least how I like to look at it but Hmm. yeah I think so you know what don't don't gloss over that I think that's a really important insight because I'm sure you know most people with keto it's all about weight but I think you're right. Maybe it takes, uh, maybe you've had a problem for 10, 15 years. So maybe the first six months is your body, like you said, healing itself. And then it's ready to lose weight and things like that. Yeah. I mean, to me, I'm, you know, certainly not a doctor, but it makes sense to me. Um, and hmm. so I try to like reassure people that, um, you know, if you've been eating a certain way for, 40 years, 30 years, 50 years, whatever the case may be, like, um, it's a big change for your body to switch over to a new way and you have to like love your love your body and give it some um time to do what it needs to do so just have some patience with yourself and um have some patience with the process and then notice some of those other changes because weight loss is not the only change um that comes with being in ketosis or being keto and so really looking for those other areas that you're noticing improvement yeah, another distinction. Um, do you see being in ketosis or, you know, going keto, keto or doing keto as the same things? And do you think it's important to distinguish the two or are they kind of the same? I mean, I think that when you're following a keto lifestyle, like the goal is to try to be in ketosis. Um, you know, you're not always going to be in ketosis. You could get, you know, certainly kicked out here or there. But I think the most healing properties come from when you are in that state of ketosis. So at least for me, um, the goal is to try to be in that state as much as possible. I know there's other people who who do different routes and maybe that's because they're not necessarily, they don't have autoimmune issues or, you know, they're um, doing it for different reasons where they can cycle in and out or maybe they're only you're like truly in ketosis for you know, a couple of weeks out of the year, if they do like extended fast or things like that. But for me, I'm looking for healing. So um, I feel like it's important to try to stay in that state as much as possible. Otherwise, I feel like you're more like in a low carb kind of a lifestyle, because, um, you know, the keto comes from being in ketosis. So um, for me, that's always the goal. Um, I have gone through periods where I track more or than other periods where I don't track as much and try to go by feel. Um, 
I'm going to start tracking again uh, just to kind of see where I'm at. Maybe not like multiple times a day or anything, but just try to like dial that in a little bit more and see where I'm at. But um, I think it's a powerful place. Being in ketosis is a powerful place to be. I certainly feel better when I'm in it. I know that for sure. Mm. Okay. So what, um, what events do you have planned for keto in the city, you know, for this year and yeah, for this year? That's a good question. Uh, I'm not much of a planner, so I haven't planned any of the anything in my keto journey so far. I wasn't planning on ever doing a cookbook, and now I have three. So, um, so the last one just came out a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, kind of trying to see what the the next phase of this will be. But for now, um, just continuing to kind of grow the blog and look for other opportunities to um, share with people. And probably my first keynote speaking was at the Metabolic Health Summit. So um, it was great to be able to share um, my story. And a lot of people afterwards came to me and shared their own um, autoimmune stories or that of their kids or their, their spouse or whatever. So that was really great to connect with people on that level. So I would definitely not mind um, sharing my story with more people in other places in that way, because I do want people to understand that keto's not, there's so many great like before and after pictures for weight loss and whatnot. And I think that's so amazing and obviously super life-changing, but it's just not the only reason to do keto. Um, And I, I really want to be able to share that story however um, and wherever that might end up being. So um, so I'll probably look to do more of that this year and then we'll just see what else comes my way. All right, very good. Very good. So what's the best way for people to find your cookbooks and to, you know, look at your blog and, and check you out? Yeah, well, definitely um, my Instagram, Keto in the City, it's at Keto in the City and then an underscore at the end. Um, is a great way. It has links to everything. And then ketointhecity.com, you can sign up for my emails and I send out like weekly keto mails um, where people can get some tips and recipes and stuff. So those are, those are great ways. Okay. Very good. Well, Jen, thanks for coming on the podcast and uh, I got some good insights from talking to you. So I appreciate you being here. Well, good. Thanks for having me and thanks for spreading the keto word. Definitely. You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious, that we all have medical issues, or we at least have a family member or close relation that had, has, or will have them in the future. Medicine and biological systems are the final frontier. Until we've conquered death, figured out how life began, cured cancer, and understood our purpose in the universe, there's a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to our health. Future Tech Health means I'll be covering futuristic topics that are actually already in clinical trials or even starting to appear on shelves or by prescription or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR-Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoy the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. 
Thank you. Thank you.